some of what I'm going to talk about. Um, I even called Ziggy today, and I'm like, okay, when you asked me to do this, was that the Holy Spirit or you? Because <laughs> I'm really struggling here. He goes, what? what? And then I refreshed him on when he gave me, gave my name to do this. And he goes, yes, that was the Holy Spirit. And I said, okay, then I guess I have to do this. Because <laughs> I was trying to find a way out. <laughs> um, whenever he asked me to do this, the first thing that came to me was on healing was a broken heart. Um, we don't get too many teachings, or I haven't really heard that many teachings, you know, concerning that. And it's pretty deep. I don't know if any of you guys have ever done a search on the healing of a broken heart. But wow, when I first did my search, I was like, okay, I am in deep. There's, he has lots and lots and lots to say. Uh, whenever I started off in the Old Testament, I was like, Oh, my Lanta, I am in trouble. <laughs> Thank God I continued reading into the New Testament. It was like, okay, I'm going to make it. <laughs> but it, um, I would not advise anybody um, that doesn't have the relationship with Jesus or doesn't already have the word in them to start off in the Old Testament if they're looking for a direction on uh, a broken heart. Um, let's, um, let's go ahead. I'm going to start off in Psalms. I will just go back to this part. Um, it was probably like six years ago whenever something took place that um, really just crushed me. Um, may not have been that big of a deal to some, but because of other things that were going on and other things that had happened in my life concerning certain things um, that really I had, you know, pressed down, had really not addressed even in counseling just a little bit in counseling, um, but never a healing of it. So, you know, at the age of 14 was the first major scar, uh, my grandfather molesting me, and I was not protected. Concerning that, I was given more excuses concerning it. So there was no healing there. It was just something, you know, then you don't talk about it. It happened, let's, you know, da-da-da. So, and then I heard you talk a little bit ago, so I don't, I'm not too worried about saying this through multiple marriages, <laughs> you know, other things that happened. So, yeah, there was a big, huge, already a huge, huge trust issue going on in my life. So, um, this event, whenever this happened, it was uh, surprising, shocking, et cetera, et cetera. No, it wasn't cheating, so nobody's think about that. Um, but it was something. <laughs> but it was something very, very um, deep for me. It um, just very, very deep. Um, it wasn't acknowledged. The hurt of it wasn't acknowledged. It was more minimized or excuses. And then there was very little of. Um, Oh, let's see, what's the right wording here? Uh, very little of 
acceptance of the wrongdoing of it. And I knew as I knew as I knew, I knew it was not of God and it was wrongdoing. But I was not being heard. And I was losing a battle that I never thought I could lose. You know, I didn't, because it was just wrong. So as time progressed and and it wasn't changing you know and my with me i and because i wasn't heard i turned everything into a large a bunch of anger i was really ticked like big time i think the most um one of the funny things i did was i went to pick up the desk chair that was on rollers and throw it through the wall and I ended up falling with it. <laughs> it kind of rolled out as I was trying to throw it through the wall. Um, yes, I was. So <laughs> I wasn't going to say that. <laughs> the recording. But um, it, was, um, it was several months of that going on and then, you know, it was what it was. And it was in a place to where I no longer could do anything about it at that time. So I was angry. I was bitter. I was hurt. And I'm stubborn. And when you put the first three of those in front of stubborn, you've got yourself a hot mess. Um, you know, I tried to talk to certain people and it was just the wrong people because they did not know enough, you know, at the time to be brought into it. Kind of a little bit on the unfair side. Um, so all of that just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger because, and for those of you that were here during that time that knew me before the last six years, I'm pretty sure you knew something was going on, you know, because I was different. I withdrew. I didn't, a lot of my withdrawal was because my temper was back in the old Twyla before I got saved, uh, back, you know, whenever I was on the street and fighting and the drugs and absolutely everything, I had a huge temper. I had a mouth on me that was like, you know, a sailor that had lived his whole life at sea. It was really bad. So that temper started surfacing again. And I thought that the stubbornness wasn't quite as like it used to be. And I found out I was very wrong. The stubbornness was still there. So I withdrew and just really didn't talk to pretty much anybody, basically because I didn't trust myself, because I had seen my temper come to a place that I was like, oh crud, the old toilet is back, and that's not good. That's the reason why I had four assault and batteries on my record. So, you know, two of them got thrown out, but anyway. So <laughs> but anyway, I was recognizing that, so I withdrew because of that, I didn't trust myself, and also, and I was still so angry that I wasn't hearing nothing. Um, nothing was helping, and so I just stayed there. Um, in the process of that, my prayer life suffered. 
Um, other, my relationship with my church suffered. Um, I picked and chose what I wanted to hear coming from Ziggy. Um, you know, just all around, it just, it wasn't good. I think um, the healing probably started to be able. Uh, one time, I forgot what it was, Ziggy said something, we were in this building, and uh, he said something that was very impactful. I don't even remember it now, but I, re I do remember asking God, I go, why, didn't you why didn't you already say that to me? Why didn't you tell me that? And his, his reply was, it's because you were too angry to hear me, even if I had told you. And I, yeah, that makes, that makes sense. Okay, you know, <laughs> I agree, I was. Um, I heard Cherie talking one night, I think it was on a Wednesday night, or maybe Ziggy was talking about something she had told him that, you know, praying for these people, praying for the sick, and she's praying and she's putting all this, she's got into it, her heart, everything. You know, Miss Rhonda and Nikki, they go out and do, do uh, healing and everything. Why weren't people getting healed? And just today it came to me as I'm going back through all this and I'm reading these verses and everything that you guys are there in front of them to pray for their illness if they're in the hospital or if they tell you they're sick or whatever. But what you guys don't get to see is what's here or up here. That is probably the source of their not healing. So I wanted to be able to tell her if she came that it's not her, you know. She's done exactly what she's called to do by God and she's, and she's going on. Um, and... I wanted to be able to tell her that, but anyway, I'll get a chance to another time. I started recognizing the first hurricane where he was gone in Louisiana was two years back. That was just pure hell. Like, uh, we fought when he wasn't there. We fought when he was there. It didn't matter. The fighting was just going to happen. And then other things progressed after that. This last winter, when he was working the hurricane in Florida, was whenever I made it about, this is twilight time. We're going to get in here. We're going to get up here. We're going to get the, some things settled. And I'll tell you what really made me go there and, and line up into doing that was, you know, Ziggy had spoken a word over me back years after we had met him, uh, years ago, shortly after we had met him, the Chickasha revival. And he had told me, you're going to lay many foundations. And that everything that I, everything that I did in, you know, in the kingdom of God, that was in my mind. This is going to turn into a foundation. Or before this last six years, I constantly had visions of speaking, mega places, all kinds of people. So the thought of me laying foundations, I, it would had gone. I didn't think about it no more. It wasn't apparent, a possibility to me anymore. Uh, the speaking to multitudes of people, never saw it happening anymore. I would say that that was probably a part of the enemy pulling me deeper into the darkness of the anger that I had let set in. 
And that's whenever I started thinking, I was like, oh man, you're in worse shape than what you thought you were in. You know, being stubborn and, and withdrawing and, and trying to walk things out yourself can only get you like into a deeper mess if you don't have the right people with you and helping you. But I'm kind of, that's kind of my MO. I seem to kind of go off and want to do things on my own. Uh, you know, after I had gotten in trouble with the law and everything, before I faced it, I, I well, after I had faced part of it, gotten out of jail, I did not face the rest of it. I, I hid. I chose to hide for seven years. That was Twyla's way. I wasn't away from God, though. That's probably... During that time period, I became closer to him, and I was still doing things for the kingdom of God with kids, traveling with them, chaperoning, you know, with part of a youth ministry, all that kind of stuff. So what the devil means, what the devil meant for bad, God used that time, and it was very good. We had, I had, like, just some of the most intimate times were in that time period with God and my growth and the word that was being deposited in me that was the most impactful time ever so but it's not necessarily the way I feel like God probably would have wanted me to do it because the paranoia was crazy every helicopter that came around was after me you know <laughs> and I wasn't that big of a deal trust me <laughs> they have far worse out there to worry about than me but the paranoia was pretty crazy so okay we'll get back to this um so for a good six years the last six years up until the uh, second part, I'm going to say February of March of this year. That was where I was at. Uh, in my heart, in my head, I was angry spice. Um, I was, you know, being stubborn. Uh, thank God I still came to church. Thank God I still talked to God. Um, didn't always get any responses back, but... You know, I got the right ones back whenever I needed it. So it's like I said, Toyla kind of does things sometimes her way. She has to walk it out. I've always been a visual learner, so maybe that's part of it. I don't know. But um, those were the two of the biggest things that I know were robbed from me by the enemy that were special to me, you know. So... If tears well up, I've learned very well in the last few years of how to bring them back down, but some kind, sometimes they still well up, so you guys will... Uh, at least I'm not blubbering like I would normally do. I've been able to get those emotions and uh, put them in check. Ziggy told me today not to worry about that so much, so I'll try not to. Um, so let's go, um, like I said... In, whenever you do a search on the healing of a broken heart, when you first open it up, you're going to read verses in the Old Testament. Thank God he sent us his son because I'd be in serious trouble. Uh, the Old Testament is very harsh and direct on the actions that can come out of an individual with a broken heart. 
Uh, today, when Ziggy and I was talking, I, in the last six years, they have said so much to me, doctors. I had more doctors in the last six years, I think, than what in my whole entire life. Symptom after symptom after symptom, and they... And even they would even let the C word come out of their mouth. Well, this is 100. I'm just, they would be like, we're 90%, you know. Every single thing was normal. Everything, all the tests would come back normal. They'd say there's nothing there. I would say that that is because of the grace of God. Um, the symptoms were there, but because of the grace of God, they were not able to take root. And... Um, I said this on the phone, Ziggy said, write this down. So we can fall out of grace if you don't get out of that place. You can be a broken, you can have a broken heart. It comes along with life or whatever. But if you want to waller in it and continue to hang on to it, then nothing but, not, very little good is going to come out from it. You know, especially in the place that I was in, in my mind and in my heart, it, it wasn't um, good. So I wrote that down. Remember this, you can fall out of grace if you don't get out of that place. It's really important. So this last winter, like I said, when he was gone last winter, not this one now, I took that time of just thinking and Reevaluating everything. Um, I know Pastor Ben called it out at the old building when he was praying on me. He goes, Ooh, Twilight, you don't like being vulnerable. And inside, I wanted to re respond to him and tell him, That's right, and it's not happening today, so let's get the prayer on, and I'm on my way. But I kept it inside. <laughs> and I, I think my next book is going to be a poetry book because I've been just I'm rolling them out lately. <laughs> Um, so I don't like being vulnerable. Um, when you come from the past that I came from, vulnerability can get you killed. So that was kind of like, you know, embedded in me all the time. You don't trust, you don't trust, you don't trust, you don't get this and that, et cetera, et cetera. So maybe, you know, that's the reason why I try to fight it so much now, but it's okay. Being vulnerable. It's okay to be transparent. You don't, like uh, Ziggy told me today, I can be transparent. I don't have to be naked. So we'll, we're going to go with that. So we're going to start off with the, the verses that were impactful to me. Let's, uh, we'll start with Psalms 34, 18. Uh, for anybody that is ministering or trying to help somebody that has been, uh, that is dealing with their broken heart, if you are not a person of compassion, um, mercy, you know, if you're not a person that can listen, be empathetic. I personally would advise you to find somebody else. One of the things that would increase my anger of doing that was for the hurt that I had dealt with and what had happened, minimized or given excuses for 
or just flat not being heard. Um, that would only increase it. it. I increased it. It wasn't helpful to me whatsoever. I just became more angry. So um, let's see. We'll go get into this verse here. 34.18. And my iPad, it was giving me a hard time last night, so I'll be using my phone. So if you guys see me going like this, um, I got it. The Lord is close to those who are of a broken heart and saves such as are crushed with sorrow for sin and humbly and thoroughly penitent. penitent. Many evils confront the consistently righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of all of them. He keeps all his bones, not one of them is broken. Evil shall cause the death of the wicked, and they who hate the just and righteous shall be held guilty and shall be condemned. I went a little bit further than what um, I've got marked here. But let me tell you, after reading the Old Testament, <laughs> and then I finally got over here in the Psalms, I was like, <laughs> thank you, Jesus. <laughs> uh, it's, um, there is healing. And there, you can just don't go like I did. Don't get into the place like I got into. Six years of being in that, there's, it's unnecessary. Um, Two years of that was going to a Christian counselor, and he helped tremendously because he's 100% unbiased, a stranger, and would listen, and he was a professional. He's a psychiatrist, not just a counselor, but and his main goal was to fix, to heal, you know, not any of the other things was a part of that. So that did a lot. It helped me be able to communicate better without the anger um, because I sometimes can communicate very, very honestly, but it comes across very, very harshly. So, and that's one thing I remember him specifically telling me, like your honesty, you know, people, it's good that you're honest in that way, but let's soften it a little bit. So I've learned to, to try to soften it whenever I'm speaking about things. Uh, Proverbs 15.4. I wanted to be able to say, you know, like I was saying earlier when Cherie was talking about praying for people and they're not getting healed and all. There... And whenever I talk about being in God's grace, because not any of those things, um, the elements, is that the right word? Or things that try to attack your body? Uh, what's the word, Nakia? Ele Infirmities is another word, I guess. They're, the symptoms were showing up, but nothing was sticking. They, And I even rebuked. Uh, my doctor, whenever he said everything's lining up for this C word, and I go, I rebuke those words. It just flew out of my, out of my mouth, and he was like, "Excuse me." I go, I was like, "I'm not rebuking you. I'm rebuking those words." So a lot of times, um, so many people can be sick in their bodies, or these diseases coming onto them, and it doesn't have anything to do with like, it has to do with what. 
is going on in here or up here. And, then, and if this doesn't get addressed, these two areas, then some of those diseases can do more than just show um, symptoms. They can uh, manifest. Thank you. That was what I was trying to get out. They can actually manifest in a person's body. And, you know, it could turn into worse. So let's see, Proverbs 15.4. A gentle tongue with its healing power is a tree of life. But willful contrariness in it breaks down the spirit. My spirit was very broken, and um, I turned it into big-time anger. Um, not healthy, not good, not going to be productive either. I, let's see, a fool despises his father's instruction and correction, but he who regards reproof acquires prudence. I'm trying to remember what part that spoke to me the most. Um, I guess I, I would say, you know, the biggest, especially the first four years of that time period, you could probably say I was acting foolish because I was staying in that anger, that, um, that area. And once again, I can only thank God for his grace and his mercy concerning me in that. Um, let's see. 4 to 13 on Proverbs. I must have liked that, most of that. A fool despises his father's instruction and correction, but he who regards reproof acquires prudence. In the house of uncompromisingly righteous is great, priceless treasure, but with the income of the wicked is trouble and vexation. The lips of the wise disperse knowledge, sifting it as chaff, sh chaff, am I pronouncing that right? As chaff from the grain. Not so the minds and hearts of the self-confident and foolish. The sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination, hateful and exceedingly offensive to the Lord. But the prayer of the upright is his delight. The way of the wicked is an abomination, extremely disgusting and shamefully vile to the Lord. But he loves him who pursues righteousness, moral and spiritual rectitude in every area and relation. There is severe discipline for him who forsakes God's way, and he, he who hates reproof will die, physically, morally, and spiritually. I think I was getting the symptoms of the physically. Um, I don't think I was in a place of immorally. But spiritually, I was very, very challenged. Um, if you had known, those of you that knew me before that, the last six years, my prayer life, I would tell people how blessed I was that I was able to be at home because my prayer life was three quarters of my day. Um, that's just the way it was. It was dancing, it was praising, it was worshiping, and in my prayer closet. And I had my prayer closet set up my way, and it was anointed and on fire. And um, so that's how it was. So in the last six years, that has dropped to my prayer life 
um, going throughout my day talking to the Lord. It wasn't on an intimate basis. It wasn't, you know, like in my prayer closet or before some things happen. Um, let's see. Shield, the place of the dead, abandoned. Uh, maybe I've gone to my, as far as I wanted to go there. Okay. Let's go to Isaiah 61. And whenever I tell you that the Lord has a lot to say concerning this, he had, he, I'm only, this is a drop in the bucket to what came up. Just as much, you know, he says 365 times, do not fear. Uh, he's talking about a broken heart in here almost as much. Okay. Isaiah 61, 2. It shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be firmly established as the highest of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow to it. Am I in the Oh, darn it. Did I get in the right one? 61, 2 to 4. Let me make sure that I clicked on the right one here. Okay. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the year of his favor, and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn, to grant consolation and joy to those who mourn in Zion, to give them an ornament, a garland of diadem. I went to look that up. If anybody knows... I don't know what that word means, but of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a heavy burden and failing spirit that they may be called oaks of righteousness, lofty, strong, and, and magnificent, distinguished for uprightness, justice, and right standing with God the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. I think uh, what that says to me, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, I'm proclaiming that this year, <laughs> um, and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn. Um, I don't know if I am taking the day of the vengeance of our God um, what spoke to me was to comfort all who mourn, to grant consolation and joy to those who mourn in Zion, to give them an ornament, a garland of diadem, if I'm pronouncing that properly, of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning. There was a lot of mourning. And I can't really remember that much laughter. Um, I was in that in that place. Um, probably about the only time was with my kids. That's about the only place I wanted to be as well. Um, I came to church. My activities of the fellowship, I don't have to tell most of y'all, you know, Rachel 
wasn't here before that time period and all, but probably dropped off maybe less than half, huh? Um, and I'm not saying this in a bragging way. I'm saying this in a way that in the future, it, my hope and desire, and I know that with me, if we come across anybody that is going through that kind of a broken heart type of situation, number one, you don't minimize it. You don't know everything attached to it. Even though it might have been minimal, um, people, everybody has their own perspective of a situation. And I think that maybe this particular situation was so much more illuminated because of the trust issues I already had, because of the scarring that was already there, and even at my age, had never really been addressed for healing. Um, you know, when you go to the counselor, they give you this questionnaire. You fill it out, and as soon as they look at it, they look at you, at what age did this happen to you? And I'm like, it didn't ask me if I'd ever been <laughs> molested. I, it asked me everything else, but all the answers were, you know, they're professionals. He picked up on it right away. So when you're dealing with somebody that is um, in that state, the last thing you want to do is minimize it or not hear them. And the biggest thing you can do is direct them to the Lord. If you're not, like I said earlier, if you're not the type of individual that does have empathy for others, can hear them, um, doesn't listen well. Sometimes I don't listen well myself. Um, and to be compassionate towards them, it would be best to send them some, to somebody that can because you might make a situation even worse. Um, let's see, where was I at here? Isaiah 61, 2 to 4. Let's see, I think I live. To grant consolation and joy to those who mourn in Zion, to give them an ornament, a garland or diadem of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a heavy, burdened, and failing spirit, that they may be called oaks of righteousness. Um, I'll take that. I'll let that. I want to be called that oak of righteousness. <laughs> lofty. Isn't lofty kind of, doesn't that word mean a little arrogant or pride? Um, strong. I don't know where lofty fits into this, but strong and magnificent, distinguished for uprightness, justice, and right standing with God, the planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. Um, with what I walked went through, I think this will be the year that, the, that I will be able to glorify the Lord because I'm still able to stand up here and speak about it, and I'm not angry or throwing this, 
And uh, and I'm not being a blubbering idiot, so I've been. In, I think that's. I'm I'm getting there. I would say I'm 87 percent healthy in that area. <laughs> Still got another 13 percent. Hopefully, this is going to be a, another breakover. Um, and they shall rebuild the ancient ruins. They shall rise up the formal desolations and renew the ruined cities, the devastation of many generations. Aliens shall stand ready and feed your flocks, and foreigners shall be your plowmen and your vine dressers. That was Isaiah 61, 2 through 4. Okay, Isaiah 58, 8. And some of y'all might know this, I don't know, some of y'all don't, but um, there was times where I was so angry with Ziggy, I couldn't hardly sit through his sermon. <laughs> he knew it, but he kept on tolerating me. But uh, that's just one of the places you can get into as well, whenever you let that anger and that hurt become bigger than God. I feel like that, was, that right there is probably what I allowed to happen the worst. The anger and the hurt became bigger than God, which was crazy for somebody like me that had saved my life so many times that had pulled me out of so much bad stuff. I get angry at myself whenever even going through this, starting you know, for days thinking about it, like what in the world, you know? But my stubbornness, and maybe that's where that loftiness word there comes from, is I had let it come out of my mouth. That'll never happen again. I'm putting my foot down. That'll never happen to me again. And my no is no. And I... And I will recognize it. Some things that whenever I answer no with, it's I can almost see my feet in a block of concrete. I've stood my ground, and that is that. And since I've done that here recently, it's been it's been good. I'm not. I look back at this particular time, and I and I hear the words of like the Bible describes a wayward man being tossed to and fro. One day the reasoning for it seemed to be acceptable and okay. And I was like, okay. The next day I was like, what in the world? This is crazy. This isn't right. It, no, you know. So every day I was bouncing back and forth. That's why today whenever I am steadfast, stern, and a no comes out of my mouth in that particular way, that's exactly how it's going to be. If it's not right, go ahead, go, go, do whatever, I'll still be here, but I said no. <laughs> so, and maybe it's something I still have to work out in this. I don't know, but right now, I have been at peace with that. So, 58, 8, uh, then shall you light, then shall your light break forth like the morning, and your healing, your restoration, and the power of a new life shall spring forth speedily. 
your righteousness, your rightness, your justice, and your right relationship with God shall go before you, conducting you to peace and prosperity, and the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Um, I've got most of that marked here, so that really was must have been good for me. Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. You shall cry, and he will say, here I am. There was a time during that part, time period, I'd cry my eyes out for two or three days, and I wasn't hearing nothing. And the enemy will get in your head in that particular time and be like, you're on your own now. It's how you wanted to, you know, there is no coming back from this. This is where, where it's at. And there had been a week to where I had done a whole lot of crying and was in that, and that would be in my head. And I never understood people that dealt with depression. Um, that was never something that I just didn't understand it. I didn't understand what it meant. I didn't understand what it was. But that particular week where I had cried so much and I couldn't hear anything or get any direction, I know I slept for three days straight. I don't even remember if I got up and ate or not. What finally got me up was him making me mad again <laughs> because he said, are you taking something? And I was like, but oh man, you know, I went off. How dare you accuse me of something like that? And I know whenever I was doing my book, and him saying that was before I started the book, but Richard Hogue, halfway through the book, he told me, he just stopped and he goes, You've never been a drug addict. I'm like, mm, yeah, that's why we're writing this. He goes, no, you're not a drug addict. You're an adrenaline addict. You like the adrenaline. And I was, had to think about that. I think that might have come, I think that was um, proven when we went to Disney and we were all on the, uh, what was that one ride? The big one. Yeah, the galaxy. Because all of us were like, yeah, go faster, go harder. I was like, yeah, I guess maybe I am about the adrenaline. I don't know. Okay, so then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry. Let's see, I read that part. Um, you're, if you take away from your missed jokes of oppression, wherever you find them, the finger pointed in scorn towards the oppressed or the godly, and every form of false, harsh, unjust, and wicked, wicked speaking. And if you pour out that with which you sustain your own life for the hungry and satisfy the need of the afflicted, then shall your light rise in darkness and your obscurity and gloom become like the noonday. That was very refreshing for me to read. <laughs> I was like, ah. Oh. And the Lord shall guide you continually and satisfy you in drought and in dry places and make strong your bones. And you shall be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters fail not. You guys have no idea how gracious, how grateful I am to read this and know that this is even more so you know, that I'm coming out of this and this is what I get to um, look forward to. 
even though in this last year it's been better and better and better. Um, like when he was gone the last winter, I took all that time and I self um, looked at myself and and prayed and stayed in a lot of quiet, you know. It was uh, calm uh, whenever he goes working. <laughs> he gets, well, he's so busy. It's not that he's bringing anything. It's just that he's so busy. And his phone is nonstop, nonstop, nonstop. So if he's at home, it doesn't even matter what time of the evening time. It's just, it's nonstop. So... And then I would just become frustrated or whatever. Uh, if you turn away your foot from traveling unduly on the Sabbath, from doing your own pleasure, and there was Sundays where I'm like, I was in such a bad place. I literally would tell myself or the enemy would like be able to convince me you don't want to go up in there this Sunday because everything that is going through you and around you and on you is just going to bleed off. And that is my one thing, biggest concern. That's been my biggest prayer ever since um, I was asked to do this is I do not want to trip nobody up. I don't want to be the source of nobody pressing through Um I don't want to be the source of holding anybody back or or to cause... I didn't want any of that to spill over onto anybody else. So, and that's how I would justify it within myself. I mean, I'll just keep my little pitiful self here right now. And I wasn't like I was having my pity party. I don't do that. Uh, it was just a dark place that I was in, things that were able to be used, you know, in your head. I told the young adults many times when they had come to the house that, and Tyler even quoted it up here in the last time he spoke, if the enemy can get up here, it becomes his playground. If you're not praying and my prayer life had dropped off, I was still praying, but not anything like what I used to be. Uh, if you're not, you know, living your life, doing things for the kingdom of God, all that, you've got an open door for him to come in here. And whenever he gets in here, it's his playground. So it's just important to not let him in here. That's number one thing. Um, the littlest, pettiest things he can turn into just, uh, you know. It, let's see, from doing your own pleasure on the holy day and calling the Sabbath a spirit, spiritual delight, the holy day of the Lord, honorable and honor him, uh, the, and honor him and it, not going your own way or seeking or finding your own pleasure or speaking with your own idle words. Then will you delight yourself in the Lord, and I will make you to ride on the high places of the earth, and I will feed you with the heritage, with the heritage promised for you of Jacob, your father, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. That was like so powerful for me to read today. Throughout the whole six years, you know, I've read. I love Psalms and Proverbs. Proverbs; Those two are my two favorite uh, books to study. And 
you know, I don't know why it's just that they always were like my two favorites. So anytime I'm in a, I was in a bad place, I would always go into Psalms and everything. But I never went into researching verses for somebody going through, you know, a broken heart, how to come through it productively and not, you know, in an ugly way because that's it can take you to where you're just ugly you know things that come out of you and I'm not talking about physical I'm talking about the condition of the heart and the mind and everything uh, second Corinthians excuse me one to three Paul an apostle a special messenger of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the church, assembly of God, which is at Corneth, and to all the saints, the people of God throughout Achaia, most degrees. Anybody knows how to pronounce these? Go ahead and correct me. Um, grace, favor, and spiritual blessing to you, and heart, peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ the Messiah, the Anointed One. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of sympathy, pity, and mercy, and the God who is the source of every comfort, consolation, and encouragement, who, confront, who, com, who comforts, consoles, and encourages us in every trouble, calamity, and affliction, so that we may also be able to comfort, console, and encourage those who are in any kind of trouble or distress with the comfort, consolation, and encouragement with which we ourselves are comforted. I'm struggling here with my words, but <laughs> consoled and encouraged by God. For just as Christ's own sufferings fall to our lot as they overflow upon his disciples and we share and experience them abundantly, so through Christ's comfort, consolation, and encouragement is also shared and experienced abundantly by us. But if we are troubled, afflicted, and distressed, it is for your comfort consolation and encouragement and for your salvation and if we are comforted consoled and encouraged it is for your comfort consolation and encouragement which works in you when you patiently endure the same evils misfortunes and calamities that we also suffer and undergo and our hope for you, our joyful and confident ex expectation of good for you, is ever unwavering, assured, and unshaken. For we know that just as you share and are partners in our sufferings and calamities, you also share and are partners in our comfort. <laughs> kind of repeats itself over there. For we do not want you to be uninformed and oppressing distress which befell us in the province of Asia, how we were so utterly and unbearably weighed down and crushed that we despaired even of life. Indeed, we felt within ourselves that we had received the very sentence of death, 
but that was to keep us from trusting in and depending on ourselves instead of on God, who raises the dead. Uh, for it is he who rescued and saved us from such a perilous death, and he will rescue and save us in and on him. We have set our hope, our joyful and confident expectation that he will again deliver us from danger and destruction and draw us to himself. While you were also cooperate by your prayers for us, helping and laboring together with us. Thus the lips of many persons turned toward God will eventually give thanks on our behalf for the grace, the blessing of deliverance, granted us at the request of the many who have prayed. What I'm getting from this is, you know, I didn't have to do six years of that anger and bitterness. I... In my head and the addressing the stubbornness, I, what I was telling myself, like I said earlier, this will never, ever happen again. I, bam, I'll never let that ever happen again. But it still it wasn't a healthy way because I should have been looking in here for his healing instead of walking away from it. I don't know if I was in a place to where I was hurting, so uh, if everybody, if anybody else is, oh well, you know, that's pretty selfish. Um, you know, I can't really tell you, Get, can't give you an explanation for the direction that I went, especially being where I was at spiritually before that happened. Um, even surprising to me that I went as far as what I went. And uh, you know, talking to Ziggy, uh, he'll help me. He's like, you know, you really didn't, you're not like you're unsavable or anything like that. But for me to have been that person that spent so much of my time in prayer, in my prayer closet, dancing in my house, praising and worshiping, to going almost to um, just praying as I was busy throughout my day. That was, I would consider that for somebody in that place almost detrimental. And I, and I felt like I was on that line sometimes. Um, spiritually but once again I just did not um, take it upon myself to get in here and to find this and to follow it and to walk it out in this path in his word I can't really tell you what was going on um, with me except for just walls of defense Brick, brick walls, triple layered. It didn't take but a second, and I, I could snap on something um, that I felt would have been an attack that maybe wasn't even an attack. But if I thought that I, it was coming at me in that way, I would 
rise up on it immediately. And once again, it's just not healthy. Um, his word is here. He'll get us through it. It's just so very important that we are knowledgeable of things in healing concerning somebody's spirit and their heart. Um, minimizing something is probably, I would say this over and over again, one of the worst things you could ever do with anybody. You're not going to be able to help them if you're not an empathetic person, have any kind of mercy or sympathy. Over and over, we've, we've, I have read verses to where God's talking about, you know, being merciful and, and kind and empathetic and all. If you're just not that person, then please don't. Don't even try. You're going to, you could possibly leave them laying there bleeding. Pass them on to somebody that has that grace to be able to do so. And whenever you're praying for somebody and they're sick in their body and you don't see the manifestation of that healing, remember, it's not always, you know, it's not always something that they came into contact with, COVID or something like that, and it killed them. It could very well be stuff that, that they're harboring, that they're carrying, and their mindset even could be in a bad, dark place of not receiving direction, of not, you know, um, I don't know. I just, I can really beat myself up whenever I go to thinking about how I was during that time. But I'm also grateful that I feel like um, I am on the upscale of it. Um, I can laugh and enjoy things more. I allow myself to. You know, there was a time period where I just did, it was a fake laugh. I would laugh, but for the most part, it wasn't coming from in here. It was just walking through life. Uh, my only joy I found was with my kids. I didn't care about anything or being anywhere else. So that's not good. There's all kinds of joy in life. And you don't want to rob yourself of that because you feel like either you've been wronged or you've been hurt. You, We don't just, this came out of my mouth today and Ziggy said it, I'll repeat it again, write it down. We can fall out of grace if you don't get out of that place. Yes, Jesus came and we've read over and over here, his grace, his mercy, all of that. But if I was to choose to stay in that place, like my body was showing symptoms of, of things, you know, but nothing ever manifested, nothing ever, everything would always come out negative and everything. But I fully believe that if I had stayed in that place of anger and the sadness or the hurtness or, and my walls being up towards everybody, um, then I, I think we probably would be on a very dangerous path and we could actually fall out of his grace. And um, it's just deeper than what I even thought, you know, thought that it was how uh, detrimental that it can be if we stay there. So I don't think there's anybody in here dealing with that kind of heartache. But if you come across anybody that is, you know, to take it very seriously and 
these lot of these verses that were in Proverbs, Psalms, Isaiah, Second uh, Corinthians, all of those are all verses telling us, you know what, we can be healed. We can come out of it. We can move forward and we'll be okay. But like I said, don't get scared if you want to do a research on this, if you're dealing with somebody with it, because the first verses that pop up in your search are the Old Testament. And a lot of, when people, there's a lot of uh, rebuking in there in the Old Testament. There is a lot of warnings, and I understand thoroughly the warnings of them now because of where it can take you to. You know, in the Old Testament, uh, when somebody was harboring that kind of stuff or uh, angry, bitter person or whatever. And they would get things that came up on their skin, either boils or, or something like that. They would have to go to a priest and he would examine them. And if it was a certain color, then they were put back off by themselves again. If it was a, you know, a turning a white color or something about the white hair or something like that, then they were healing so they could go back to being a part of them. So a lot of the Old Testament um, things for people that was harboring and being in that position, they're pretty harsh, pretty harsh. And... A lot of them will even tell you, you're about to go to hell. <laughs> you know, thank God Jesus came because it's a pretty scary place to be. And, you know, it's not fun. Um, it's not a fun place to be either. I was just, I'm walking through stubbornness. <laughs> so hopefully I'll be able to get past it. I don't know. But anyway. So I hope this helped. I hope I made sense. Uh, remember, you can fall out of grace if you don't get out of that place. So <laughs> and that's about all I got. Uh.